out there. Nobody tackles. Just grab it, everybody. Grab, grab, grab. Nobody tackles. Packers and far back to throw his first one. Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! What's up, everybody, and welcome to Average Cheese. I'm Dale Lobel, alongside my co-host and longtime friend Todd Widener, and we are Average Cheese. We offer a unique perspective and entertaining conversation on what we love to talk about more than anything the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. You can talk to us or find us on Twitter at AVGCheese, and you can also get a hold of us at email at AVGCheese at gmail.com. we got a great show planned for today with a lot to talk about, so sit back, crack a cold one, and join us. Episode 1 is about the NFL draft. Uh, we kind of decided this is where we were going to start off because this is where the idea of our podcast came from in the beginning. Uh, we were so pissed, basically, once the draft started and as it kept going. First, before we start talking, shout out to our guy Andy at thirdeyegraphics.net. Our, our graphics are amazing. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it turned out excellent. <laughs> yeah. So thanks to him. And uh, maybe we'll put him on the show one of these days. Yeah, we should. Yeah, let's do that. He's an interesting guy. I mean, if you look at his website and stuff. It's- yeah, good dude. So, all right. So a little bit about the draft. Before I even start talking about the draft, I have to put this out there. I am not even a good fantasy football GM. I haven't won a fantasy football league in probably 20 years, but I have lots of opinions on the Packers draft this year. So I, I, this is going to be a great show. I'm going to look forward to this one. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, it's just the, the entire reason why we started the podcast. Right. It's basically the frustration uh, from this past draft you know and again i don't know i'm not paid to you know analyze football players and these guys after you look at last year's packer draft they did an amazing job right like there are five guys in that in last year's draft that could be superstars i mean that's very rare no doubt last year's draft was much better i mean with the with the caveat of uh the jury's still out on rashawn gary so we'll see but Savage, Kiki, I mean, there, there are guys that, that can play. So, oh, no, no doubt. And, you know, it, if you look at this draft and you compare it to last year's draft, last year's draft felt like the GM ran the draft. And as you look at the guys we drafted this year, it looks like the like floor was running this draft. And not running it, but at least had yeah. a, a huge input in it. Yeah, it definitely looked like he had some, some of his uh, wants that he wants, you know, in his offensive scheme some holes and and weapons that he wanted to to plug in there. So I can't say the things that I said during the draft on Twitter. (laughs) Well, I can. I don't know. It was a little bit too too much in the way of cuss words. So I'll keep that to a minimum. So let's talk about Jordan Love. Let's just start off. Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State, came out early. He was a junior. Uh, The Packers moved up to pick 26 to pick him in round one. Yeah, I I mean – I think it was just jaw dropping. Uh, I mean, as soon as you heard the pick come in, I mean, um, you know, when they made the move to actually move up to 26, you know, I was poised to hear the, you know, a big name receiver come off the board. And then when I heard Jordan Love, I, I couldn't believe it. I was really disappointed. I think it sent shockwaves through uh, most of the draft. So, and all the experts involved. Well, and this is a draft that had 
so many great wide receivers in it, right? Like this was the draft. The Packers needed a wide receiver. There were so many guys in the draft that were high-level guys coming out of college. And I kept saying, you know, during the draft, we're texting, like, they're going to get Jalen Reger. Ooh, yeah. who's, who's yeah, yeah. next? You know what right. I mean? What about this Jefferson kid from LSU? Then it was, okay, Denzel Mims. We got to get Denzel Mims, right? It, it, it just kept going on and on and on. I know Denzel Mims was drafted in round two, but – there was, well, there was so a many kid from Arizona State, too. Right. Ayuk, well, or whatever his name Ayuk, was. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a 40 inch vertical, I guess. Two, there's two, so many guys. So, yeah. Th- the last place I thought they would go when the draft started was to go quarterback, right? Aaron Rodgers has four years left on his deal. He's 36 years old. He's already said publicly many, many times he wants to play into his 40s. Okay. I'm not good at math, but 36 plus four is 40. He's a four. That's four more years. When you look at rookie contracts at that, you know, in that spot where he got selected, you could have a fifth year, but you really might have drafted a guy. If Aaron Rodgers wins Super Bowls, you can't just replace him. You might have drafted a guy who never sets foot on the field for the Green Bay Packers. It's entirely possible. Who knows what they were thinking? But obviously, instead of, I mean, I, I guess the front office. Uh, philosophy or their you know the way they were going to conduct the draft is basically you know when you were one one game away from the Super Bowl last year most of us the average cheese point of view would be you build for the next year to get you to that game uh, when you're one game away and it looks like the front office went the opposite direction instead of giving Rodgers the weapons that he needs to get you to the Super Bowl it's going to be, we're going to plan for the future. And, oh, and by the way, you're on notice. I mean, that's, it was hard to swallow, right? All these weapons that we could get, and we're drafting a guy for three or four years down the road. Now, I get it, right? If you've watched Packer football for the last 30 years, we went from Favre to Rodgers, right? And, and we would love to be able to transition from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback to Jordan Love. Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, that would be, I would be happy right. at the end of the day to be wrong about this and yeah. say, man, how wrong I was. Jordan Love is a rock star. He's the next Patrick Mahomes or whatever you want to call him or the next Aaron Rodgers. And I was totally wrong. As of right now, though, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see it at all. No, I, I don't think he's, he's ready for the NFL yet. I don't think he has the playing experience. I don't think he played in a, uh, against, good enough competition in college it's just there's just a lot of question marks around him as a player i'm just not really sure where where they were think what they were thinking here um i, I thought there was so one of the things i i did uh want to mention is you know i everybody knows that you got to plan for the future and that aaron Rodgers is going to be around forever so we, there is going to be a place in the draft where yes we do have to plan for the future and and look at his uh at his replacement I didn't think that this draft was the one to do it in. I felt like there was at least one person that stood out for me. It would, would have been Jalen Hurts um, instead of Jordan Love. If we draft Jordan Love next year, I think I have less of a problem with it. I, I think having another year with Rodgers, because you know, well, you shouldn't, we don't know. But you would assume that we're always going to be drafting in the 20 to 30 range, right? We rarely have drafted any lower than that because we've never been a bad team. We've had a couple bad years, but most, for the most part, we make the playoffs 
and that puts you in the 20 to 30 range, right? Yeah. So maybe that's why they did it. Maybe that's what, you know, oh, we're never going to get another kid at 26 with this kind of skill level. Okay, great. But when I look at it, so you look at his stats, right? As a freshman, I played as a true freshman. He had eight t- touchdowns and six interceptions. Yeah. Next year as a sophomore, 32 touchdowns and six picks. And then as a junior, 20 touchdowns and 17 picks. Yeah, I think he had three games of three where he threw three picks. He didn't have the, just the team around him as a junior. He also had that scrub, Gary Anderson, who was at Wisconsin for a while, who we were happy to get rid of. So I get it, right? He probably left early because he didn't want to play for Gary Anderson anymore. But still, 17 picks against teams like Fresno State, yeah, Hawaii. Kent State, three picks. San Jose State. It's not like they were playing LSU or Alabama or Georgia or even Wisconsin. I mean, these, these aren't games that he played against very high-level teams. And even if you got, you know, Joe shit the ragman playing wide receiver for you, that, that's not impressive. Those numbers aren't impressive. They just aren't. Yeah, he wasn't playing in a power-packed power uh, conference, that's for sure, against uh, very stiff competition at all. And the other – the other thing about him is that he didn't improve as, as the years went on. He actually took a step back and, you know, statistically. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of red flags that go up uh, when you start talking about Jordan Love. The other thing too is, you know, Utah state was the only college that offered him a scholarship. So he wasn't highly recruited even out of high school. So that, that, that brings you into question, you know, Right from the get-go, he really wasn't highly recruited in the first place. I would have liked to seen the Packers maybe do something like sit on 29, take whatever it, whoever is the uh, the best receiver at 29, and then on the second pick move up to get Jalen Hurts, and I think that would have been a would have much better fit for us. Well, Jalen Hurts has played big time games, right? Yeah, big time games, big time games. You know, the NFL is starting to shift now into this this kind of hybrid quarterback style of like, you know, you got Mahomes and Watson and um, all these guys who are running out of the pocket and creating plays. And Jalen Hurts is one of those. So I, I, always, I just felt like he would have been a much better, a safer pick. I think Jordan Love is big. One of the biggest things on him is that he's a huge risk. It could turn out that, like you said, hopefully he does turn out and that we're wrong and that he turns out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a huge risk. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire. He's averaging 2.4 yards per carry. Yeah. So, <laughs> some, of the, some of the other things that worked too is like they were talking a lot about the mechanics. Um, now, I mean, I, I guess the reason he got into the draft, and I think everybody, it's not a big news story to anybody, but one of the big reasons he got into the draft is the dude has a cannon for an arm. I mean, he has an elite arm. And if you're being talked about, you know, at the combine, and when you're amongst your peers who are all elite status quarterbacks in, in college, and you stand out with an elite arm, then, yeah, that's going to get a lot of eyebrows raised with NFL scouts. Having said that, it's his decision-making, uh, the careless throws, and his bad mechanics and field vision that have uh, caused him problems. So. A lot of that stuff can get worked out most of the time. You don't see quarterbacks with bad mechanics come into the NFL and get that corrected, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, the other thing is this. Let's say Aaron Rodgers decides he's going to play two more years in Green Bay or three or whatever it is. Yeah. They still have to get Jordan Love weapons. Yeah. You know, he can't be throwing a Jake Kummerow 
Aaron <laughs> Rodgers can make Jake Krumerow look good, right? He's made average sure. wide receivers look great for his entire career. You can't expect the guy his first year out or his second year out to be Aaron Rodgers, to play at that high level and to be able to turn average to below average wide receivers into all pro guys. You just can't expect that. of him. So then you have to draft a wide receiver next year, right? Or maybe two. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of experts out there that were, you know, when they start grading these guys coming out of the combine and stuff, they didn't have love in the first round at all. They had them more into the third and fourth rounds. Shocking, I think, when, when, the, when they selected him. Um, and what that's going to do with the dynamic, you know, it makes you wonder how much Lafleur and everybody uh, told Rodgers what they were planning on doing in the draft before the draft. Oh, I think it was a complete, <laughs> a complete and utter <laughs> shock to him. He heard when we heard. Yeah, exactly. He he, looked, he he probably had the same reaction we did. Yeah, just he couldn't fuck? do it on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that would have gone to his five million followers, and then that would have been news right there. All right, so let's I mean, give this one a grade. Oh, for Jordan Love as a grade yeah. as a player? No, or just a draft pick. However, you want to grade it. You know, I, I'm going to give it a D minus, and the the only reason it's not an F is because um, I do acknowledge the fact that the Packers do have to do something um, soon um, to find a replacement for Aaron Rodgers. So I will give, I will, instead of an F, I will give, I'll say D minus. You know, I really thought I was going to have the lower grade on this one, but mine is actually higher. I'm going to give the Packers a D. I don't dislike Jordan Love, the draft pick. I dislike that we had to move up to get him when I didn't feel like teams in that 26, 27, 28, 29 range, or even looking at a quarterback. No, I feel not like at all. moving up to get him then did damage to the rest of the draft and changed how they had to do things. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I think that even though he, he hasn't run for a ton of yards, I think he's mobile enough to move in the pocket. And I think that's what the Packers really want. That's what they like about Rodgers, that he, he can move around a little bit, wait, get, you know, give guys time to get open and shit with the bad receiver core that I think we have. He needs to wait a little bit. So I give the Packers a D, not because of Jordan Love, but because of what you know, transpired because they drafted Jordan Love. Yeah, and we'll see, too, is like we'll see how, how is he going to handle the pressure of this. Like you, you have been selected to be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. How – the hell are you going to manage that? I mean, the, the press and, you know, he's going to have a target on his back. I mean, everyone's going to be, uh, he's going to be under a microscope from the day he sets foot in Green Bay. So no disrespect to him, man. Good luck. I mean, we, we want you to succeed, but we got to, you know, we got to tell it like it is. That's what the yeah. show's about, I guess. All right. So. So let's move on to round two. A.J. Dillon, running back, Boston College. Let's go with your thoughts first. What do you think, A.J. Dillon? Well, I mean, in college, you know, he came out of Boston College. I, I, was, I was more shocked at this. I might have been more shocked at this one than I was with Love because um, I just didn't really understand, uh, you know, having Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams already uh, in your backfield, and then all of a sudden they go, they go with a running back. I, I couldn't believe it. In college, Dillon ran a lot, right? I mean, he had a ton of carries. Uh, the guy racked up some impressive yardage. I didn't play in that tough of a of a conference, but I, you know it begged the question: like, why are they why why are they drafting a running back when you when you have an Aaron Jones? Um, and I think that 
then I, I kind of realized, oh, you know, Aaron Jones and Williams are both in a contract year. So that means that one or two, uh, both of them are going to be out the door. Um, and the future is going to be AJ Dillon. My problem also, and I really, my Twitter response was far more violent and more angry for AJ Dillon than it was for Jordan Love. Cause I, I think I told you like when they got to like 23, 24 in a draft, I'm like, they're going to go pick Jordan Love. And I yeah. kind of saw it coming. AJ Dillon, not so, never. I never had that guy in a Packer uniform. My issues with him also are the mileage. He had over 300 carries two years of college. He went, you know, his freshman year, 300 carries. His junior year, 318 carries. Uh, yeah. People who follow Wisconsin football, that, that sounds – those are Ron Dane type things. And he's not an elusive runner. So, I mean, even – you can take those carries and, you know, give it a multiplier because he just wants to bull over people. So that's going to take another toll on, on him as a, you know, physically. He's, yeah. he's taking hits. He's running between the tackles. He's taking hits every time he carries the ball. He doesn't catch the ball much. No, very um, little. Yeah. Very little. You, you're going you're gonna to lose that capability with him right off the bat. So it almost, I mean, so trying to look forward, A.J. Dillon is the Derrick Henry type, right? Hand on the ball and punch guys what, in the mouth. That's what they're hoping for, yeah. And then it, after that, it, it almost says – that Jamal Williams has to go, right? I mean, I, I think that yeah. Aaron Jones provides them with a pass-catching guy. He's more versatile. He's also going to get a way bigger payday, though, than right. Jamal Williams would. It, it says the I, end of an era for one of yeah. those guys. Right off the bat, I thought for sure it was Jamal Williams be, you know, to, to clear that out. Um, and the guys, Jamal Williams is great. I mean, he does have that pass-catching ability and um, has done a lot of really good, um, good things. However, at first I thought it was going to be Jamal Williams out the door, but the more I thought about it, I, I think it might actually be uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, at the end of the year when they try to restructure his contract and looking at what uh, McCaffrey got paid, I mean, Aaron Jones is going to want to get paid. I don't know whether or not the Packers are going to be in a position to do that or not. Uh, they got some other signings they have to do. You know, Bakhtiari is in a contract year, and, and a, you know, King is in a, in a contract year. I believe Lindsay is. So, I mean, there's a lot of – key other key components to the Packers uh, organization that I don't know. I don't know if it, they're, they're going to be able to, to hang on to one or both of them, but it looks like AJ Dillon is going to be coming in to fill one of those spots. Yeah, exactly. When you look at the draft, you do see, okay, the, uh, Jones and Williams are coming up on a contract year. AJ Dillon, check, right? You look when we get farther down the list too, linemen, you know, a center and two guards who may be able to move to center. Corey Lindsley in a contract yeah. year. Have we yeah. replaced him? Check. Like, yeah, you see that, you know, you see the ideas. It's not that difficult to figure out where the Packers are going in this draft, but they do have Aaron Jones. They, like you said before, we were a game away from the Super Bowl. Yes, you have to fill holes for later. What right. about right now? Does A.J. Dillon make this team better today? Uh, maybe. Is he better than Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones? I don't think so. I mean, maybe. He, he's, he's, do you have a three-guy rotation? That would be unheard of in the NFL to have three guys yeah. running the football. So what's his role? What does his role as a, as a rookie look like? Yeah, I don't think they're going to keep four, four running backs. I think the other Williams is going to be out. I don't even remember his name. What's his De name? Dexter Williams Dexter. Is, has to be gone, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. I you couldn't even learn the playbook last year, I don't think. Right. And you have to keep Tyler Irvin as the return guy. So then sure. you've got Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, Tyler, uh, Irvin, and then you've got Dexter Williams. I don't see Dexter Williams making the roster, especially when you drafted no. a guy in the next round that is supposed to be like the you know hybrid, the H-back guy. I don't see it. I, I just yeah. don't see Dexter it. Dexter Williams is gone. No doubt. Um, but, you know, with Dylan, you know, it'll be interesting to see what LaFleur plans to do with him as far as playing time is concerned this year. Maybe it's a rotation of him and Jamal just to see uh, see how that plays out or whatever. But uh, just to get him some playing time to get him on the field and see what he does. But it'll be really interesting to see what LaFleur has got planned for what he's going to do with him uh, when it comes to, to the beginning of the season. You know, I could see Dylan playing in goal line situations, right? Or let's milk the clock. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't Do know. you put a, run, a rookie running back in there in a big time situation when you want to milk the clock? I don't know. But I, yeah. I feel like he's going to get some goal line touches. If you're a fantasy football guy, maybe, you know, and it's a touchdown only league, maybe he's worth Who it. Knows? But I think his role is very small. I bet the over under for me on yeah. carries, I bet he gets less than 50. Probably. Did you mention? Um, I, I, I know you mentioned a couple things in, in college, but I, I looked it over. He he carried twelve games. He had over thirty carries. Yeah, he averaged. That's crazy. Like and one game he had forty. <laughs> I didn't so, mention that. I just yeah. I just you know in twelve games in two thousand nineteen he had three hundred eighteen carries. Yeah, in his career he had twelve games of over thirty carries. It's crazy. Yeah. So are you drafting a guy that can only play? I, I don't know. Anyway. What's the grade? What's the grade for him? Oh, geez. Um, it's hard for me to uh, – uh, you know, I'll, I'll step up one level. I'll, I'll, I'll call it a D um, just for, <laughs> for the fact that uh, we didn't take a receiver again in this round, which is uh, obviously uh, a need. I think that he's a definite contender to be in the number two – uh, running back spot. I don't. I didn't really feel like it was a, a desperate need that the Packers needed to reach for and 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 go with in the second round. So for that fact, I'm going to go with a D. I hate to be so negative, but I am also a D on him. <laughs> oh man, as we get down the draft, I don't know if I'll go much higher. But I I, I like the guy. Hard. Like the physical traits of the guy, I think are great. His speed yeah. number, his, he's a big, powerful guy. He'll be able to carry the load. I love those things about him. Denzel Mims, when Denzel Mims has like 1,300 yards receiving this year, that's going to make me hate this second-round pick even more because I really felt like Denzel Mims, that guy is a physical freak. He's the guy that I think the Packers could have drafted in round one, and I think he could, you know, I think they could have stretched to get him there. So – this AJ Dillon pick just it makes me angry on many levels. I, I I hope he's great, and I get that you know they they're going to have to replace a running back soon. I, I just like Jordan Love, I think he's a year too early, but I want to be proven wrong. I'd love to yeah. see him get 100, 150 carries. I don't think he'll get over 50, <clears throat> and I don't want him to get over 50 because I want Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to carry the load. And Packers winning games. Maybe he gets in when the Packers are blowing teams out. You know what I mean? It just carries the rock and, and takes some of the carries away from Jones and Williams when they don't need to have carries. I That's still possible. think it's I think it's early. I, I still give it a D. 
I did hear though that uh, AJ Dillon is already in Green Bay. Oh wow! It's it's only May. He's not even signed, and he's already in Green Bay. So right. I well, love that part about him. So maybe work, C buddy. minus minus. I could go. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm, st- I'm nah. I'm sticking with D. <laughs> oh God! They only get worse. I know. Here we go. Okay, so round three. Round yep. three, Josiah DeGuara, tight end, H-back from Cincinnati. I'll go first on this one if you don't mind. I, I absolutely hate this fucking pick. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this pick. I hate this pick for a bunch of reasons. One, Jay Sternberger. We just drafted him. Right. right? He has athletic ability. Is he much of a blocker? No. I'm talking about Sternberger. I think that DeGuara is a better blocker from what I've seen than Jay Sternberger will be, but we have Mercedes Lewis for that. Mercedes Lewis, his sole purpose as a member of the Green Bay Packers is to be that third tackle. Sure. Go in there and punch guys in the mouth when we need, when we need to move the football forward by running the football. You didn't draft Jay Sternberger to block guys, and you didn't draft this Josiah DeGuara to block guys either. Is he versatile? Probably. That's, that's the big thing about him right? Is he's versatile. He can start in the backfield. He can move around a little bit. He's athletic. I mean, I like that part of him. But if you look at other, you know, draft wonks and what they said, this guy was a fifth round pick. That's what I've seen. He got a fifth round grade. And we're drafting him in the third round. And one of the reasons I hated the Jordan Love pick was because we moved up to get him. We gave away the fourth round pick. And I feel like the Packers reached for DeGuara because they didn't think he would be there in round five and they didn't have a fourth round pick. So they decided to move up. So they didn't lose this guy. Now that's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but that's a good point. And if you don't, you know, at the end of the day, if he's a great player or even a good player and he makes a contribution to the Packers, you don't care where they're drafted, right? Right. Like like if they play and they can play the game, if he was a first, third, fifth round pick, you don't care. If he's a great player, you don't care. Would I have liked to see them pick, you know, DeGuara in the fifth round and pick a need? How about a wide receiver? I know we right. keep going back I to know. it. But there are guys on, the, on that draft board in the third round that you could pick and they would have some kind of impact on your team. For I think sure. DeGuara will have an impact. I just think they reach for him. I mean, for me, I, the, the first thing is that he's undersized, right? I mean, he's only 6'2". Um, so, but I, I think that, um, you know, this has LaFleur written all over it, no doubt. I mean, he, he, you can already see the way he works his offense is he likes to have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things that he can move the pieces around. He can give defenses multiple looks and always changing things up. And I guess DeGura is going to fit that bull as a more of an H back where he can, split him out wide, put him in the slot, uh, bring him back in uh, and as a tight end. I, so I think this is more of a, a LeFleur pick than, than it was any, anyone else. Having said that, I mean, he does show um, – he, he's like an aggressive style, like energy player. He's got aggressive hands. He, he's a good pass catcher. Um, but, again, I mean, playing in a, a pretty weak conference there in Cincinnati. You know, it was a weak draft class in general. 
for tight ends. But yeah, I, I think this this guy definitely would have fallen somewhere into the fifth round. And what uh, what value does he have right now? I know that's what I've said. Jordan, <sighs> Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuaro. I think of the three we picked. Grant, granted, Jordan Love isn't going to see the football field unless something you know something bad happens yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. So okay, so he's a pick for the future. AJ Dillon, I like we just talked about before. I don't think he gets more than 50 carries, and I think they're garbage time or goal line carries. And Josiah DeGuara, okay, he may get more playing time, but you again, you have Jay Sternberger, you have Mercedes Lewis, you have Robert Tanyan. You have guys that are just like this on your roster right now. So what do you do? Are Sternberger and DeGuara going to be in the six-receiver set? Like, where do you play these guys? How often yeah. does, does DeGuara see the field? I think, I mean, the only – one of the positives I can draw from this this pick is that, you know, he's he is an upgrade from Vital. Did we need to upgrade Dan Vital with a with, with this a, pick? A third-round pick? I think I, mean, I think Vitale left in um, in free agency. He went to he's with the Patriots now. The only thing I think that Lafleur was thinking here was that he wasn't getting out of Vitale what he wanted in in the offense. Right? I mean, Vitale was pretty much a non-factor uh, his whole time in Green Bay. Right? And there was probably some is- underlying issues for that. And I think that is a piece the, of Lafleur's offense that he desperately wants he wants to have that weapon in in his bag apparently they think that De, no doubt Degore is going to be an upgrade there but how much of an impact is that going to have on the overall offensive scheme I don't know I still would have wanted to see a receiver here same here I, I just don't see I don't see it I hope the guy's a great player I don't know why my stress level is going so high right now I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna need you to should have him. yeah I'm drinking already during this thing, but I, I might not have to go get another beer because really, I don't know why all these bad memories of this draft are coming back to me so, so vividly. But yeah, I hated this pick. Yeah, Why don't I you give him a grade? I'm going to get another beer. Take two minutes and all give right. this guy a grade. Oh, geez. I, I'm a little bit more positive on this one, I think, than you are. But And just because of the fact that I think he's going to fit into the floor scheme a little bit better uh, as an H-back. So I'm going to actually give them I'm, – I'm going to go out here and, and say I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I think, I think that he sees the field. I think that uh, Sternberger is going to be um, more of your uh, – you know, Sternberger is going to get more of the, the touches. I think uh, Mercedes Lewis is going to be the wily vet who's going to be brought in on pass blocking uh, situations, which they may need a lot of because – you don't have Blaga there anymore. I think he's going to have some. I think he's going to be an upgrade to to Vital. So I'm I'm going to go with a C minus on Degara, even though I hated seeing him in, in this round. But I want to still go C minus. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> that that was beer number two. We're only like 15 minutes into this podcast. I, I know. I, I know need like an AD, a like a defibrillator next to me. Okay, so my grade on Josiah Degara. I, I also this is another D for me. Like I just. Yeah. My problem, again, is we're picking guys for the future. I think he's athletic. You know what? I'll go C-. minus. i got to be a little more positive once in a while. <laughs> That's what I did. I went C-. Minus. C- because I think he is versatile. I don't like that he's only 6'2". He's not going to be able to pull guys up. You know what I mean? Like that He yeah. doesn't have that kind of ability. The 238 means maybe he has a lower center of gravity and he'll be able to block a little bit better than Sternberger. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't like it. I, I don't like it. I think they reached for him. 
I think that he is going to be a decent player, but I think, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. C minus. Yeah. Fourth round pick because we moved up to get Jordan Love. Uh, fifth round pick, Jam- oh, Kamal. Jamal. Whoops. Kamal Martin, linebacker, Minnesota. Big 10 guy. Pretty decent body size for a linebacker. It's nice yeah, to he's see. He's like 6'3 or something. Yeah. He's, you know, he, even though he played in the Big 10, he has that body of I can turn and run with the tight end, although I don't know that he's done a lot of that playing yeah. in the Big Ten. But I, I, 6'3", 240. Like, that's, that's a decent-sized guy. I, I yeah. like the body size. Dude is super raw. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with the negatives on him first. Is he's a super raw player, and then he's got off-field uh, issues as well. He was suspended, I think, five games in Minnesota to include uh, missing their bowl game. Um, so I think that was uh, – he definitely has some maturity or off, off-field issues going on as well. And that's probably not, you know, that's not going to fly or translate well you know, once you get to the NFL. But he is aggressive in nature. Um, so I think, you know, with the with moving on from Blake Martinez and picking up Kirksey, I think was was an upgrade. Um, but it, there's a lot of questions around Kirksey, right? I mean, the guy really hasn't finished a season in two years. He, he's injury ridden. Um, there's questions around, you know, his durability. Is is Kirksey going to be the answer in the middle, and is he going to be able to last an entire season? And then, what if if he doesn't? We 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 know right off the bat that Warren Burks and Ty Summers are not the answer. So, does that mean Kamal Martin is the next one in line? I think Kamal Martin has a shot to be that number two uh, on the depth chart. We'll, but we'll have to see how it plays out. You no, know, neither one of us were big Blake Martinez guys. He always had a boatload no. of tackles, not yeah. a negative yardage. It always seemed like he was, you know, dragging guys down five, six yards down the field. He wasn't a playmaker. No. I mean, he, a, he, never, he never made big plays. Very, very, very rarely. I mean, but he was just not a playmaker. No. And the problem, so it's nice to see the Packers, they needed linebackers, right? Like this is a direct need. We need a guy right now. Granted, they waited till the fifth round when they could have had really good players in the first, second, and third round. But whatever. They drafted for need. That part I like about this guy. My problem with Kamal Martin isn't even the off-field stuff. Like, you know, kids are kids. The amount of mistakes I made as a 17, 18, 19-year-old <laughs> kid, I would have been drafted. We'll, re- we'll reserve that for another episode. Yeah, that's another episode all on its own. But still, like, I get that. Like, kids make mistakes. That's not my problem. My problem is this guy isn't a playmaker either. Right. So in his career at Minnesota, he played four years. He played all four years at Minnesota. He only had three and a half sacks in four years. So less than a sack per year. He had 13 tackles for loss in four years. Not 13 in a year, 13 in four years. And he only had uh, his highest tackle amount or tackle total for any year was 66. Now, granted, it came in the eight games as a senior, so that's a pretty good average, over eight tackles a game as a senior. Okay, right. that's great. And so I hope with this 6'3", 240-pound body, he can make more plays, and maybe he's grown into something there. But I don't. where is the playmaking there? There isn't any. The, the, his past production reminds me of a draft pick from last year, John <laughs> Gary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Great athletic ability, 
great body, perfect body for the position, no production, yeah. very little production. Now, again, he played eight games as a senior because of his suspension, and maybe he was on the uptick. And, yes, we needed a linebacker desperately, but those guys mm-hmm. making plays are in round one, two, and three. Kamal Martin didn't even test at the combine because of a knee injury. I mean, I was trying to look up some stuff on him, like see how, how, how he stacked up against the other competition at the combine. He wasn't even there because of a knee. So that's another question, Mark. Just don't know. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, I know. You just it just keeps getting more and more. Done. Well, if you've got an injury, a guy that has an injury history, and I don't know, I didn't look up his injury history. So I yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's an injury history, but it, there was a mention that, you know, he was held out of the combine for that. So, Right. And if, if Kirksey, and we talk about, you know, the guys the Packers got, um, I'd like to talk about Kirksey at another episode. But yeah, if Kirksey is the guy and you know your guy has not finished a season in, in, the, in the longest and the guy you drafted couldn't work out at the combine because he's injured, right? that seems like a recipe for disaster and not success. Yeah. And like I said, Oren Burks has not proven – that he is the person to be in there. And, and who knows? I, I'm still waiting for him to break that mold. But, and I don't think Ty Summers is, is you know, he, he's going to have his work cut out to make the team. Or, Oren Burks has had plenty of opportunities. Uh, yeah, he has. Yes. BJ Goodson was the backup to Blake Martinez. BJ Goodson, who could only run in a straight line. I know. If you asked him to do the cone drill, he would probably fall over. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that guy was awful. The, the Packers seem to get these guys off the shit heap that can only run straight ahead. B.J. Goodson is one of those guys. Was it Morrison two years ago? Yeah. Oh, the Colts? Yeah. God, he was awful. Like, if he's on the train <sighs> tracks, he'd be yeah. great. He can only run straight ahead and run into things. That was and another B- thing on Martin, was that, that he's a north-south runner and that he, <laughs> in, the open, in the open field, a shifty back, you know, like he's not going to be the guy to oh, – you know, open field tackle uh, a back that's going to, you know, juke him. We're fucked. He's <laughs> – so, yeah, I mean, the, the middle linebacking is – it's going to be when, – When you play guys like Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and they are rushing the quarterback and moving upfield on every play, as well they should. I'm not saying the Packers are doing that, – that is their roles. Then you need two guys that can play the run and play the middle. And you need a guy that can play from sideline to sideline. That was the big rub on Blake Martinez. He couldn't get to the, the sideline quick enough. And the Packers were playing a one-backer formation a lot. And they were asking Blake Martinez to do he, – he was a smart player and he was able to read plays quickly, but he still could not get there to the spot he needed to moving upfield. He could yeah. run straight, you know, parallel to the line of scrimmage and get guys five yards down the field. You need a guy that's going to be able to angle towards the sideline, get to that sideline if a play goes, you know, wide. Did you get that in Kamal Martin? I don't think you did. I think there were way better linebackers in the first four rounds that they could have picked. What do you think for a grade? On Martin. Oh, Kamal Martin. Kamal Martin, I love that you're 6'3", 240 pounds. I do like that you played in the Big Ten and you can play against the run. I, I, you know, the, the Big Ten is still primarily a run offense, you know, the run-oriented offenses. You know, I, I, like, oh, I like the pedigree of it. I don't know that he's the guy. I think he's better than Oren Burks already. He's better than Ty Summers already. 
He's yeah. going to be the guy, I think, of all the first four guys we've talked about. I think he sees the field as long as he can read the playbook and get – he will see the field more than anybody. <laughs> I think that they will put him next to Kirksey and let Kirksey do most of the reading and, do, and let Martin do most of, like, just go after the football, young man. Let's see what you can do there. You know what I mean? Your responsibility is to hunt the football. Kirksey will drop into coverage. He will do the things that veterans do. So as much as I bagged on this guy, I actually think he is the guy. Like, I think he, he's, he's a B-minus, C-plus grade. Hmm. I think in round five, because maybe of his baggage, maybe the injury stuff, I think he probably could have gone earlier. I think this is a good pick for the pack. Yeah, I'm going I'm yeah, <laughs> to stick with uh, – I don't know. I, I'm going I'm to stick with a C-minus. It does add depth and give uh, Kirksey um, some depth there at that position. But I don't think that he – I think he lacks a lot of experience. He's too rough for the NFL game. I think the transition to the NFL game is going to be – it's going to be too much uh, right off the bat for him to see any significant playing time and make any impact. I think he has some some upside, but we'll just have to see how all that plays out when it, when it comes time for camp. He's he's going to compete for that Oren Burks and Ty Summers. He's going to compete with, with, with those two for sure. Right. Neither of which saw much playing time. By the way, I think he was – wasn't he a, recruited as a quarterback in college? Yes, something? he did start off as a quarterback. Maybe he'll be the, the third quarterback. Like the yeah, if Jordan Love doesn't break up – Jordan Love doesn't work out, we can always just hand the ball to Kamal Martin. Yeah, and let him try to throw it. With his Kamal Martin, the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. Oh, God. All right, so the next three guys, Runyon yep. – Hand, so John Runyon, these guys were all drafted in round six. John Runyon, yeah. guard, Michigan. Jake Hansen, center, Oregon. Simon Stepaniak, guard, Indiana. All linemen, all drafted in round six. Yeah, I think we can loop them all into like one, one grade or one, one package. How, how many of them actually make, make the uh, squad? I don't know. I mean, Runyon has the pedigree. I think he's probably the best of, of the three. With uh, Balaga leaving, and we have Rick Wagner there as kind of just a, a place marker for a year or two, they're going to need some depth. So I think that having um, having this many guys, but they're young guys, on the sidelines ready to go, um, it's definitely going to be an improvement over Alex Light, who I think for the times we've seen him on the field is definitely not the answer uh, at right tackle. So I'm with you on they needed linemen. They needed depth. Right. I, I think that they needed guys in there. I mean, Rick Wagner is a cheaper, hopefully, stopgap for Brian Balaga at right tackle. You rarely see guys. So Runyon is a guard in college. Hanson was a center. Stepaniak was a guard. Are you sure Runyon was a guard? That's what they have him in, in his draft. Oh, do they? Yeah. I saw a tape of him when he was playing tackle, but I could be wrong. So if he can play tackle going forward, that – makes him a high value pick, right? If he is an NFL player and he can play right tackle in the future, that's in the sixth round, then they stole him. Yeah. You rarely see guys though that move from guard to tackle. And I, I should know this, but if he played tackle in college and he's moving to guard, that's how it usually goes. If he can play tackle, then I, I'm, I'm all in on this guy. Um, his intangibles are not great. Like his his measurements, because how do you really you know talk about a lineman? He doesn't have stats, right? Yeah. But 
uh, Runyon was not one. He was like one of the faster linemen. Not that that means a whole lot running a 40 time as a lineman, but he's not huge. 306, six foot four. That's about average, right? That's about your average. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a good tackle size. That's maybe a little bit on the taller side for a guard. I've seen him listed as six five too. So okay. somewhere in the six four, six five range. Three oh six. Doesn't have really long arms. I know they like that for tackles. It doesn't matter as much when you play inside. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a problem with John Runyon. You can see where they're going, right? You see, like Big Ten linemen, we are going yeah. to run the football. Yeah. The Michigan yeah. runs the football, right? Big Ten runs the football. So you can see as you look through all of these these draft picks, you can see a common denominator. You can see Kamal Martin. Okay, this guy played against run-oriented offenses in college. John Runyon in the sixth round. He has – he run blocks. That's going to be his thing. Yeah. The Packers clearly want to run the football. And maybe Jake Hansen is the – you know, knocking on the door of Corey Lindsay, who's going to be free ag- testing the free agency market next year. So – Maybe they're going to groom somebody like him who played at Oregon, who played in big games, who played with a uh, with an elite quarterback. Who knows? Maybe maybe that's what they're thinking there. So another – he does have a, a super strong bench press, like 33 reps at the combine. So who knows? Maybe maybe that was their – they're kind of plugging the free agency guys, you know, maybe grooming some people to to fill those areas if, if and when they start to shuffle the deck. I think that one of the three guys they picked in the sixth round, they will – they will try to groom as the next Corey Lindsley. I think yeah. one of those three guys is going to end up playing center. If you think that Runyon's moving out to tackle, then it must it's either Hanson or Stepaniak. I think one of those guys is going to end up at center when Lindsley leaves. Because you got to remember, they they've got Lindsey, Bakhtiari, Clark, Jones, and King are all going to be free agents. So they're they're going to have to shuffle the deck somewhere and find who's going to work where next man up. And I don't know how though that you allow these three young linemen to get into the game. You know what I mean? Like I can understand if you can give, you know, AJ Dillon playing time uh, and see if he can be the heir apparent to Aaron Jones. And then you can kind of make a decision on what you're going to do with Jones or, or Jamal Williams. But I don't know how these three young guys see the field to then prove to anybody that they're NFL players and then they can, you know, move Corey Lindsley out of the way. Like, how do you, how do you see that when the, you need to see that against live bullet. I mean, I do like the fact that they, again, that they didn't take a, a receiver here is beyond words, but just to go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And you're right. It's a good point there that we are headed into, um, you know, a, a running type scheme. Um, and we're going to load up on getting our offensive line, um, with some depth. So um, I think the best, the, the, the player that probably has the best chance. Well, I, I would, I would have to give it to Runyon, Runyon and Hanson probably have, have opportunities probably not to play this year, but they may have to, some opportunities coming up in the next year or two to actually may, uh, be starting. So I was looking at uh, Simon Stepaniak's, you know, looking at some things about him and I don't know what website it was, but, they saw him as a backup special teamer. I was like, oh, wow, great. Right dude out the up, gate. Dude put up 37 reps on the bench. And I was going to say that's, that of all the three crazy. guys, <clears throat> of Runyon, Hanson, and Stepaniak, I like Stepaniak the best. Really? Like, I'll take a guy that can punch guys in the mouth all day long. Like, I think that 
you know, if you're going to run the football and you're going to play action pass and do all those things off of run, run action, I think you need guys that are going to be able to road grade over. You know, I think Stepaniak is that guy. Yes, he's powerful. Then they talk about it on websites how he doesn't have great, you know, he's too wide in his stance and he's going to struggle against guys in pass protection. I want him to go forward and just, you know, mow guys down. You know, yeah. if you got upper body strength, great. You know, I'm glad he was able to bench press high. Give a pop and let's move guys out of the way. If we're going to run the ball, I think he's the guy of the three. I mean, I understand why they drafted Runyon. He's got good pedigree. His dad was an NFL player, an NFL All-Pro. Uh, you draft Hanson because he's a center, and maybe Lindsley is on the way out. Uh, but I think Stepaniak is the three. Of the three, I like him the best. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out once they all get into camp and uh, you know injuries start happening and everything else. So I think they can all compete for uh, you know definitely a number two two position. Um, there's plenty of spots to do it uh, with these three. So I would say overall with these three, I'll just give it all one, all, all three of them, like the one grade and how the Packers did here. Not great because we, you know, there's three more, three more rounds that we, we didn't get a receiver um, or addressing of our needs. So for uh, two in the, two in the sixth and one in the seventh, um, I'm going to, but I do see the, you know, value in um, adding depth to the offensive line. So I'm, I'm going to go with a C here overall because I, I think, that, you know, these guys all play in the Big Ten. They're used to run uh, run block schemes. I think they're all probably going to be solid players. We just kind of have to see how they're going to do once it's in camp. But they all should compete for at least a number two position and possibly into uh, starting next year. Who knows? And for me, maybe it's just that my low expectations because these are all six-round picks. But I like these guys in this spot, in this six-round spot, better than I like the guys above. I think they're better value picks. I think sure. Runyon and yeah. Stepaniak are steals. I, I think all of them are steals in the sixth round. I really do. I like all of these guys for where we got them. I think that probably two of the three, and I don't have a crystal ball to know which two of the three are going to play with the Packers, but I think two of these three guys end up on the field in regular season games with the Green Bay Packers. And I think that at least one of them plays long-term with the Packers. I still think it's Stepaniak, but it could be Runyon too. Yeah. I think one, like I said before, I think one of these guys moves to center. Hanson was a center. He's the most likely fit in that center spot. But I also know that if you got a guy that can punch guys in the mouth and they're smart enough to play center and start doing, you know, and to do the line reads and blitz reads and stuff, I, I like these guys. If I got to give them an overall grade, I give them a B because nice. it's round six. Not if, yeah. you know, if we draft these guys in the third, fourth and fifth round, then it's probably lower, but I think the value is high there. Yeah. I think if Rick Wagner doesn't hold up, I mean, we're screwed at, at right tackle unless one of these guys can step up because Alex Light is not going to be the answer there. No, seen, you seen don't have a backup to, to Ricky Wagner. And, you know, and we'll talk about Ricky Wagner another time, but I, if Ricky Wagner doesn't hold up, these guys aren't ready to play right tackle right now. No, no, no not none of them are. I mean, maybe, I mean, we might have to throw a guy out there. Hopefully not. Hopefully Wagner's good. Because if we're yep. not, I mean, a lot of running around, a lot of Aaron Rodgers running around, worried about he's, how he's going to get hurt. So we got two more guys on the list. Yep. Two seventh rounders. Now, you can't go wrong with a seventh-round guy, right? I mean, no. it's, you just can't. If, if you pick a guy that actually plays, you've won. <laughs> you've won the seventh round. 
Because really you're picking a guy you don't want to see go into free agency and you might miss on, right? I mean, th- I think that's why you pick guys in the last round. Like this guy might be a player. We don't want him to, you know, get it. We don't want to get into a bidding war with, you know, someone who has more money to, to spend on free agents. And I think that's why you pick guys in the seventh round. Yeah, this round is just like in fantasy football where you put it on auto, auto pick. I mean, you just – Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like <laughs> that'd be awesome if you know. Gutekunst put it on, could, put on auto, and he ended up yeah. with Vernon Scott and Jonathan Garvin. Just like Good job, up, dude. He just gets up from the table, calls, calls uh, Goodell. Hey, hey, bro, we're going. Just auto. pick the next guy on the list. Whoever's we're going the next auto, guy. I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty much what happens here in this, these late rounds. So uh, let's just, it doesn't matter what order we talk about these guys in. Vernon Scott was drafted before. Jonathan Garvin was the last guy picked by the Packers. Talk about whoever you want. Uh, Vernon Scott, just like uh, on the offensive side with with LaFleur, on the defensive side, they like to have like, especially in the DB, with the DBs, they like to have guys who could play multiple positions. Like that's one of these guys again, you know, Raven Green kind of came out at the end of, uh, at the end of training camp last year and there was a lot of uh, upside and hope for him and then he got injured. So there's still some, uh, the jury's still out on him. So, I mean, adding, adding person to the, to the defensive backs who can help out in a certain, a bunch of different areas and add some depth. I mean, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, so. I, I really like this pick. It's funny how I hated the first four guys, and I really like the guys in the later rounds. I, I, what you said is exactly what I was going to say. His versatility, now granted, he ended up at safety, and he was way more productive as a safety than he was as a corner. But a guy that can cover, who has already played corner and has the ideas and has the skill set to at least play it at, at, at a, a decent level to be able to cover guys, I think makes him super valuable. You know, if they drafted him as a corner, yeah. But because they drafted him as a safety, I kind of like that. Like, I like that he can cover guys and that he's a little bit versatile and he's he, he'll know more as a rookie than most guys. Like, if you're slotted as a safety and you've only played safety, you know the safety role. But if you've, all, if you've played multiple positions in college, I think that's super valuable. And, I like, his measurables, like, he, he – six what is he, like, six – one six two two oh eight i don't know something like that like that yeah. that's a professional body that's the body i want you know what i mean that's a bigger guy you know he's a little you know light in his loafers to play safety against big tight ends but i like this pick i like vernon scott i think he mm. absolutely makes the roster i think really? that you know the packers lost ibrahim campbell and who i thought was a pretty good player um i know that they have depth at safety and I really like uh, Adrian Amos, and I, I really like the guys they have back there. But I think he's valuable. I think in the seventh round, because he's versatile, I think he's a. I, I thought he was a great pick. Yeah, we'll see what he can produce. I mean, he's going to be. There's going to be. A, there's already a lot of guys sitting in the depth chart um, on the d- defensive back side of the ball. I mean, you had Chen and Sullivan really step up last year. Kadar Holman really stepped up last year. Will Redmond's in the mix, um, and it kind of drops off from there. But he definitely has a shot to make uh, make the team and, and add some depth there for him. So absolutely, I, I like the yeah. pick. If I got to give this grade, I give this an A. Wow, 
I'm kidding. I don't give it a name. <laughs> you can't give a seventh round guy. Actually, there's, I'm not giving any. I'm not giving anybody anything because we didn't take a receiver. So that's automatically like down a grade and a half. He's not an A no because what. he wasn't a receiver. Right. No, I'm, I was kidding about the A. I, I think he's for a seventh round pick. I think he's a great, great, great pick. I think that's a B for sure. I uh, like him. Uh, Garvin. Then, go ahead. Yeah, Garvin. I, I think is um, you know. He, he he's a big dude. Um, six, he's like six four, two seventy. So he's like the Rashawn Gary, um, an even more raw Rashawn Gary. Um, so uh, does he make the roster? I don't know. I, I think I think he's um, experience wise and how he translates to the NFL. My take is that he's probably gonna he might make a special team here, but I don't I don't know whether or not he's gonna make a make a a true impact. And I don't see where he's going to get any playing time whatsoever. So. I think he plays 0.0 snaps on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. He's going to get he, lost in the sauce of the NFL. It's it, going to be when, really. When I read about this dude, it's like, Oh God, this guy. Now granted, he's a seventh round pick. So whether he makes the roster or not really doesn't <laughs> matter. Like I don't, I don't care if he makes the roster. I think he of all the draft picks is the least likely to, to make the roster. Uh, it's May 27th or whatever today is. He already signed. I think that was a good move wow. by his agent. Let's get yeah. as much money <laughs> get out him of in there. <laughs> as much <laughs> money out of the Packers as we can. Let's get look him fed as, while you can. Let's, let's dedicated. You know, let's look dedicated. Let's get into camp right away. Here's the good cons. for him. Yeah, me too. I'm excited that he's in camp already, or not in camp, but he's you know already signed and ready to rock and roll. Good for him. I think as a seventh round pick, you better be. You better yeah. figure it out real quick. Yeah. Here's his cons. Needs to get dedicated to the weight room and increase his functional strength, which would result in better contact balance. Secondary pass rush moves need development as well as timing to deploy counters. Motor isn't always cranked and there are plenty of reps where he's going, to, he's going through the motions. Yeah. Okay. That's why he lasted until the seventh round. Yeah. Lazy. Yeah. You're, but, but, you know, the positive for him – He's coming to the Packers with Zadarius Smith, who's going to chew his ass out. Oh, sure. Yeah, they're going to Every time he does something dumb. And you also have Rashawn Gary, who is a workout warrior. You have guys, you have guys that are going to show him the ropes and show him this is what we do in the NFL. Otherwise, you're not going to play. You're not even going to see the roster. You will never make the Green Bay Packers or any NFL roster if you don't get your shit together and start yeah. working out. So, that, so for him, Jonathan Garvin – he probably ended up in the right place. Will he play? I don't think so. I don't think he plays at all. Well, I, I think he – I don't know. I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and, you know, behind the Smiths you have Gary. But after that, I mean, it really drops off. I don't, I don't even recognize these names. We them off for posterity. Uh, all right. How about – so who they have backing up Preston Smith right now is Greg Roberts. No idea who that is. And that is behind Greg Roberts is Jamal Davis the second, and behind him is Randy Ramsey. No clue who any of those three are. And then, you know, behind Zadarius, you got Gary, and then you have Tim Williams and Delonte Scott. So I have (laughs) wow. So when you look at the depth chart, and I have no clue who any of those those five people are, but hey, throw Jonathan Garvin's name in the hat. He might actually do. Okay, now that you've read those depending names. On, depending on how many they keep. So. 
those guys are probably lucky to even have jobs, especially during this shitty squad. coronavirus thing. They're probably like, yes, yeah. I'm still employed. I don't have to get that extra 600 a month or whatever from unemployment because I'm on the Green Bay Packer roster making yep. money for nothing. Exactly. We're going to have to do a show for sure about who makes the roster. Because honestly, I've never heard of any of those guys. I, the only yeah, reason I've I heard don't of them I haven't clicked on their names. I, I even like refrained from clicking on their names because I'm like, I don't even know if I want to like waste my time reading about Curtis Bolton. They probably haven't even made a Wikipedia page for any of those guys because they're going to be in Mr. Irrelevant. They're not going to even be on any roster after yeah, this whole thing starts out. So it'll be, it's, it'll be an interesting year getting into camp and getting these guys in there and seeing how they all pan out. So that's it. That's, that's the entire draft. Player by player. So let's let's go over. What are you? Give the Packers an overall grade for the draft. Yeah, I'm going to go with a D. They were out of. They they didn't address any of the the needs. They aren't committed to winning a Super Bowl uh, while they still have Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is a huge risk. And overall, I felt like by not drafting even one receiver in all their picks, I'm going to have to go with a D. Yeah, I'm a D also on this one. My my biggest problem is not addressing the wide receiver need. You are one game, one game away from a Super Bowl. You know, I heard that Gutekunst went to uh, lacrosse. So I'm like, okay, did this fool grow up in Wisconsin? Clearly he did not. <laughs> because he doesn't understand that the Green Bay Packers have certain long you – know, the length of window we've been under, if he went to lacrosse and he's 30-something years old, 37 years old, yeah. he has never seen the bad times. Right. He has never seen the Randy Wright-led, the David Whitehurst-led oh Packers with no talent whatsoever. He does not understand us as Packer fans. He knows that when we're like in the, in the mix for a Super Bowl, we need to take full advantage. Because, yeah. shit, we might have 30 more years of garbage. It's possible. I hope not. But, I mean, it's going to be – what's going to be really interesting and in how – Aaron Rodgers is going to come out this year and how he's going to react to this entire thing. And I think that, and this is just my take, but I, I think he's going to come out angry and I think he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder and he's going to play angry. And I want, I actually want, so if there was any positive to draw out of the, out of drafting a quarterback, whether it's Jordan Love or not, and it, it actually sent this, you know, notice to Aaron Rodgers I kind of want to see this you know this Mamba mentality come out of uh, Aaron Rodgers because he's going to be pissed and he's going to play pissed and he's going to show uh, not only the front office but the rest of the league that you know you just fucked with the wrong guy at the wrong time and I've got everything I'm going to prove all of you wrong so it's going to be really interesting year for him I, I expect Aaron Rodgers to have a huge year if that is what we get out of Aaron Rodgers, if we get angry Aaron Rodgers, and I agree, man, I was going to say the exact same thing. Angry Aaron Rodgers, I like to see that guy. A guy with yeah. a chip on his shoulders. I mean, when he came out of Cal, he's like, you know, fuck you. Thank you for not picking me. I'm going to show all of you how wrong you were. I would love to see him show the Packers, you should never have drafted this kid. He might yeah. be a great kid, and he might end up being great somewhere. But – I'm going to win a bunch of Super Bowls in the meantime. If he does right. that, man, yeah. then I love the, Aaron, the Jordan Love pick. If that's what it created was angry Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be super successful and are going to start doing things like, you know, the guy we know, he, then I'm all in. Then the draft is an A. Because if we go to the Super yeah. Bowl because pissed off Aaron Rodgers is happy to be, you know, he wants to show the world how great he is still, 
Uh, I'm all over that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how he's going to play. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting year for him. On the, on the back side of that, okay, Aaron Rodgers plays out of his mind. The Packers win a Super Bowl or two. You can't replace Aaron Rodgers after winning a Super Bowl. You, you have just, as the GM of the Green Bay Packers or any franchise, you can't replace your Super Bowl winning quarterback. You right. can't. You can't do that. That is career suicide because if Jordan Love comes in and sucks ass the first year or two after you just won a Super Bowl, you're fired. <laughs> you're, you're no longer the GM of the Green Bay Packers. You are the guy who tried to replace Aaron Rodgers before he needed to be replaced. And God forbid, Rodgers wins a Super Bowl. Love comes in as the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers goes to whoever he goes to and wins more games than the Packers. You cannot survive that as the GM. Packer fans and Packer management will never allow you to live that down. It's yeah, a ballsy pick. I mean, at the end of the day, picking Jordan, uh, Jordan Love is a ballsy pick. It is, you have to get that right. If you don't get yeah. that right, it's probably your career as the GM. Yeah, it's career suicide for sure. I mean, or you're a fucking genius, and you have now created the far <sighs> to Rodgers to Love where the Packers are winning for 30, 40 years in a row, then you're the genius and you write your own ticket into the Hall of Fame. I hope it's the latter, man. I hope that Jordan Love is a rock star. I hope Aaron Rodgers wins us a Super Bowl and then Jordan Love comes in and he's a great player. That, I mean, of course, that's all we want as Packer fans, right? Of course. Oh, man. Well, I, I got to get my blood pressure checked and back down and at a reasonable level. So, I only drank two beers during this episode, so I feel like I've done good <laughs> things. <laughs> and I'm drinking Corona Lights, not Miller Lite. It's the coronavirus time, so I only drink. I know uh. this is an audio podcast, but I'm holding up my Corona Light into the video right now so you can That's see. That's awesome. That's just for you. <laughs> yeah, Corona Light. If there was a, I should have bought Corona premiums, but I, I felt like that was bad juju, so I left. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah. What else? So we just are we done? This was fun. I guess so yeah, it was good. I think we got through it all. I think we we set our set our piece, and you know, it's time to to see how all this uh, plays out in camp. That's the end of episode one. We appreciate everybody coming on and listening to us. Please send us your feedback either on Twitter or via email. Our Twitter is at AVGCheese, and our email is AVGCheese at gmail.com. Um, thanks again to our sponsors. We have two today, uh, Third Eye Graphics, <laughs> Andy at thirdeyegraphics.net, and our guy that's doing T-shirts for us, Dwight. We'll shout you out when you actually send us our T-shirts. Um, Todd, anything, any last words before we move go, on? Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. That'll do it for this episode of Average Cheese. Thanks to my longtime friend, Coles Todd. Thank you to the audience. We appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. We'll try to get better every week. Shout out to our sponsor, ThirdEyeGraphics.net. Go see Andy at ThirdEyeGraphics.net for all your multimedia needs. If you do reach out to Andy at ThirdEyeGraphics.net, please let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Tell him the Average Cheese sent him. What do we got going on for the next episode, Todd? 
That's going to wrap up this episode of Your Average Cheese. Tune in next episode where we cover and update you on the Packers' offseason moves and free agency and the impact that's going to have on the upcoming season. Thanks again for tuning in. I want to thank my co-host, Dale Lobel. I am Todd Widener, and we will see you next time on The Average Cheese. The Average Cheese podcast is in no way affiliated with the Green Bay Packers or the National Football League.